It's May 5th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cottonor. Before we get started today, I'm excited to let you know that this weekend we'll be bringing members a bonus brief featuring Paul Massaro, an expert on corruption and sanctions policy who currently works at the Helsinki Commission. If you want to hear this interview when we release it on Saturday, become a member today. Thanks to our current members like Ann from Wisconsin and Robin from South Carolina for making these interviews possible. Our top story today? We may have begun to hit the limit on Western unity around sanctions. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban's government signaled major reservations about the European Commission's proposal to ban Russian oil imports and suggested it may not be able to support the sanctions package. Slovakia's deputy economy minister told Politico the country backed the EU's sanctions but will need at least until 2025 to prepare, rather than the proposed deadline of 2023. He called on other EU countries to show solidarity with the region, arguing the proposals would not just put pressure on oil supplies for Slovakia, but also for Austria, the Czech Republic, and Ukraine. Ukraine's deputy agriculture minister said earlier today that Ukraine has enough food stocks in territory it still controls to feed the population in these areas and has enough fuel to meet farmers' daily needs. He went on to say that Ukraine has stepped up grain exports by using alternative routes in April after Russia blocked ports on the Black Sea and that he expected grain exports to increase further in May. This is good news because a recent report by the Global Network Against Food Crises said 193 million people in 53 countries or territories suffered hunger at crisis or worse levels in 2021, a 26% increase over the record established in 2020, partially due to Ukraine's inability to export wheat. Former Brazilian President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva said Russia never should have invaded Ukraine, but he believes Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is as much to blame for the war as Russian leader Vladimir Putin. Lula said in an interview with Time magazine that it is irresponsible for Western leaders to celebrate Zelensky because they are encouraging war instead of focusing on closed-door negotiations to stop fighting. He went on to say that, quote, Putin shouldn't have invaded Ukraine, but it's not just Putin who is guilty. The U.S. and the EU are also guilty. This is a good reminder of Ed Luce's fantastic insight that we should not confuse Western unity with global unity. As I've continued to harp on, there is significant work that is to be done to convince other countries whose economies are hit hard by the secondary effects of the war, to get on board with sanctions. Although it is sad to hear this from the presidential frontrunner in Brazil, who will have an uphill battle regaining Brazil's international reputation following the disastrous presidency of Bolsonaro. The U.S. Embassy in Havana began issuing a trickle of immigrant visas to Cubans this week, making good on an earlier promise to restart visa processing on the island after a four-year hiatus. The State Department under former U.S. President Donald Trump 
sharply scaled back embassy staff in 2017 following a spate of anomalous health incidents that came to be known as Havana Syndrome. In a social media post, the U.S. Embassy said that we are pleased that our limited restart of immigrant visa processing in Havana has begun well and that we look forward to processing many more immigrant visas and continuing to expand our consular services in Havana. Guinea's attorney general has ordered legal proceedings against ousted President Alpha Conde and 26 of his former officials over violence surrounding Conde's disputed bid for a third term. Conde was overthrown in a military coup last September by officers who now run the West African country. Anger against him had mounted after he altered the constitution to run for re-election in 2022. The charges against Conde and his allies include complicity in murder and assault, sexual violence, and forced disappearances arising from civil unrest that broke out around the election. Consumer prices in Turkey soared nearly 70% in April from a year ago, hitting a two-decade high. Transportation, food, and household furnishings recorded the sharpest rise in annual inflation, with transportation costs increasing by a staggering 105% over the year, followed by food at 89%, and furnishings and household equipment at 77%. Turkey's problems have been made worse by its president's reluctance to raise interest rates. Mr. Erdogan has described interest rates as the mother and father of all evil and has used more unorthodox policy to try to dampen prices including intervening in foreign exchange markets. Islamic extremist rebels have killed at least seven people in an attack in northeast Borno State in Nigeria, witnesses told the Associated Press on Wednesday. The attack happened at the same time that UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres was in the state to meet with survivors of jihadi violence. Nigerian police did not immediately respond to a request for confirmation of the attack. Nigeria, Africa's most populous country with 206 million people, continues to grapple with a 10-year-old insurgency in the northeast by Islamic extremist rebels of Boko Haram and its offshoot, the Islamic State West African Province. The extremists are fighting to establish Sharia law and to stop Western education. In a disturbing story out of India, a police officer has been arrested on charges of raping a 13-year-old girl who had gone to his station to report that she had been gang raped. In her complaint, the girl said she was gang raped by four men last month over several days. She managed to escape and went to the police station last week where she said she was raped again by the station house officer in charge. In addition to the accused police officer, 29 officials present at the police station at the time of the alleged assault have been suspended from duty. The incident sparked an uproar in the country, which has seen high-profile cases of sexual violence against women and where a woman is raped every 18 minutes on average. According to India's latest crime figures, Nearly 32,000 rapes or attempted rapes were reported in the country in 2020, and many more are thought to go unreported. For just the low, low price of one euro, a house in Sicily could be yours. 
No, this is not a scam or an ad, but a real offer from Sambucha di Sicily, a town in Sicily, Italy, which gained a reputation as one of the first places in the country to sell off old houses for next to nothing. The Sicilian town began attracting overseas buyers in 2019 when it made headlines by selling off 16 dwellings for one euro each, or a little over a dollar. Then again in 2021, when it offered 10 more old buildings for a symbolic two euro each. The properties were damaged by earthquakes, and the motivation of many of the buyers was to help in reviving the village's buzz and its economy. We are currently in conversations about how to expand DSR network membership offerings to include bonus villas on the Mediterranean coast, and we'll let you know when we get that locked in. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at daily at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. So go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, tune into Deep State Radio later today to hear two podcasts about the blockbuster draft decision that could end Roe vs. Wade. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.